and welcome to the Your Favourite Teacher podcast. Today we're going to be looking at Frankenstein with Miss Shaw. For additional support materials, visit www.yourfavouriteteacher.com. Whilst knowledge or ambition could come up separately in the exam, it would be hard to talk about one without the other. Considering knowledge is the staple for many of the characters' ambitions in the novel. There are three main characters which would be good to talk about. Frankenstein, Walton and the monster. If you're thinking along the same lines, good. But remember, as long as you can justify your choices in the exam, using quotes from the extract and reference from elsewhere in the novel, you'll be absolutely fine. Let's take a look at Frankenstein first. He's pretty ambitious and thirsty for knowledge. We know early on that he's obsessed with science and nature, wanting to understand electricity and how to use it for the purpose of creation. Shelley is channeling the science Galvani and his nephew here, who experimented on animals and, later on, criminals, using electricity in an attempt to bring them back to life. Frankenstein's lofty ambition has been there since he was a boy, and to some extent we can see it as noble, because Frankenstein originally intends to use his knowledge of the human body to banish disease. However, he can also be seen as selfish, because he says that his new creatures would owe their being to him, which presents the reader with the downside to ambition. Next, Walton's ambition is to discover a new passage through the Arctic, which he says is his favourite dream from childhood. Considering how treacherous this journey was in the 19th century, Walton is being incredibly ambitious. Like Frankenstein, he's doing this to try and benefit mankind, but he does say he preferred glory, hinting that he's also doing it for personal gain. Frankenstein's story, and basically Shelley's reason for writing it in the first place, acts as a warning to Walton, and the reader, to not be too ambitious if it causes destruction to yourself and others. Now for the monster, bless him. All he wants is to understand language and the society he was thrust into. You know, have conversations without people screaming and fearing for their lives. Is that too much to ask? Apparently so, because the more he learns about language and society, the more damaged he becomes as he realises he doesn't actually fit in. He says, My days were spent in close attention that I might more speedily master the language. The adverb speedily conveys how desperate the monster was to learn the language, paying close attention so that he made sure he got it right. Despite being quite eloquent in speech, the monster was only seen for his grotesque appearance and not an intellectual who had read many classics. Shelley uses this idea to suggest it may be better for society to live in a natural state rather than being so organised. Here, she echoes the ideas put forward by philosopher Rousseau. For the monster, his ambition for knowledge brings nothing but pain, which drives him to seek revenge. Which brings me nicely onto my next point. Frankenstein's ambition causes a lot of things to go wrong in the novel. Upon the creation of the monster, then choosing to abandon it, Frankenstein becomes quite ill and has to be nursed back to health by Clerval. Alongside this, he also has to live with the guilt of William, Justine and Elizabeth all dying at the hands of his creation. The monster's ambition to learn the language and be accepted backfires because he's still seen as evil, causing him to kill Frankenstein's friends and family in the first place. Shelley warns her readers of the dangers of being too ambitious through three different characters who, although ultimately trying to accomplish good things, all end up alone, guilt-ridden and or dead. In fact, the only character I've spoken about today still alive at the end of the novel is Walton, so hopefully he realised he needed to tone down his ambitions too. Shelley has a lot to say about society in Frankenstein, 
especially who it benefits. A lot of characters do benefit from society and we see a lot of good being done through minor characters. However, Shelley also has a lot to say about problems in society as well. The way the monster is shunned by everyone holds a mirror to the 19th century and how they chose to react to certain situations deemed imperfect at the time. Alongside this, isolation is another important theme in the novel. We know that the monster is isolated from society, however both Frankenstein and Walton choose to isolate themselves from society as well. Therefore, the two themes go hand in hand and it becomes almost impossible to talk about one without the other. Firstly, it's clear from the beginning that Frankenstein's social standing makes it easy for him. He is able to go off to university, which would have been reserved for the middle to higher class people at the time. He says, I betook myself to the mathematics and the branches of study appertaining to science, which suggests he is able to study what he wants rather than being pressured into an easier job earlier on to support his family. For the reader, Frankenstein could be considered privileged as he is able to go to university and continue his studies. This makes his treatment of the monster all the more shocking as he doesn't take responsibility for his creation, instead shunning him. Through this moment, Shelley showcases the difference between types of people in 19th century society, still echoed today. He felt the monster wouldn't benefit him in the way he assumed, therefore left him, hoping he wouldn't be there upon his return. Next, we have the de Lacy's. Although outcasts of society, they make it their duty to help others, which shows that not all members of high society have the same outlook. They're described by Shelley very positively, with Felix and Caroline doing every little office of affection and duty with gentleness. The elder de Lacy is also respected by his equals. Felix attempts to help Safi's father, which ends up in the whole family losing their wealth and becoming outcasts. Despite this, Caroline feels it is a necessity to help those in need. Unfortunately, this doesn't seem to extend to the monster, because when he plucks up the courage to speak to their father and they find him, Felix judges him straight away, beating him violently. While Shelley does point out the good in society, she also uses the novel to raise issues of what's wrong with it. The violent reactions to the monster by most of the characters highlight the aggression and prejudice rife in the 19th century. The accusation and eventual execution of Justine despite her innocence is called a wretched mockery of justice by Frankenstein. Although he sees this as bad, he still doesn't come clean about the creation of the monster to try and save her, which shows he is more concerned with his place in society than helping an innocent girl at the hands of his own creation. Now let us have a look at the impact of isolation. The monster is shown no support by Frankenstein, who shuns him as soon as he's created, saying, The beauty of the dream vanished and breathless horror and disgust filled my heart. By abandoning him instead of nurturing him, the monster becomes evil and malicious. He says, Cursed, cursed creator, why did I live? After all, society offered him no support, which ignites his need for revenge, inflicting his loneliness onto Frankenstein. Although the monster has no choice in his isolation, Walton and Frankenstein both choose to isolate themselves from society. Walton is isolated by his own ambitions. His voyage is less satisfying as he doesn't have a friend to share in his experience. Frankenstein isolates himself at university, but he becomes obsessed with creating the monster. He has little communication with friends and family and eventually becomes very ill shortly after creating the monster. Visit yourfavouriteteacher.com for videos, worksheets and everything you need to exceed in your studies. Thanks for listening!